Mindfulness Mode 354. Tap into uh, your self-worth. Like that's something I believe that we are not doing enough. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, good to have you with us today. Thanks for tuning in again. I've just returned from a two-week stint in Colombia in South America, Medellin, Colombia to be exact, and I was attending the wedding of my friends Luis Congdon and Kamala Chambers, their fellow podcasters, and Luis is the brains behind the Facebook group called Podcasters Secret Weapon. It's a terrific group, and they both host the Thriving Launch podcast at www.thrivinglaunch.com. You should check out their show because it is terrific. They ask great questions. It's to the point. And they've interviewed so many terrific guests like Jack Canfield, creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Don Miguel Ruiz, Russell Brunson, Gretchen Rubin, Bruce Lipton. Oh, so many terrific guests. And they talk about mindfulness quite a bit. So check out the Thriving Launch podcast. Oh, and I want to tell you about Podbean. Podbean is a host for podcasts. So if you're thinking about putting up a podcast, you should think about Podbean because it's a great place to host it. And both Luis Kamala and myself, we all host at Podbean. And you do need a place to host your podcast. It's built specifically for podcasters. And Podbean has been around for 10 years. The pricing is super competitive. But it's, it's a pro site too. It's only $9 a month no matter how much content you upload. And they have great stats as well. So you can support Mindfulness Mode and get a month for free with my affiliate link by going to podbean.com slash podbeanmm. And of course the MM stands for Mindfulness Mode. And now I'm excited to tell you about today's guest. Today we have a podcasting, uh, well, I was going to say a rock star. This guy is amazing with the number of episodes he puts out. But not only that, he's written 19 books. He's done all kinds of online work. And he's a college student as well, a university student. So I'm really excited to tell you that I have Mark Guberti with me today. Hey, Mark, are you in mindfulness mode today? (laughs) Bruce, I am absolutely ready to give you guys a great experience. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, my pleasure. It's great to have you here. And uh, Mark, I just want to share a little bit about you with our listeners. Mark Guberti is a digital marketing expert. And I'm not kidding around when I say that. He's an entrepreneur. He's an author with over 80,000 online students. He's the host of the Breakthrough Success podcast, where he and his top-level guests teach you how to take your business to the next level and achieve your breakthrough. His latest book is called Content Marketing Secrets. I highly recommend it. It teaches people how they can create promote and optimize their content for growth and revenue. Mark is a social media columnist for the Westchester and Fairfield County Business Journals, and he coaches business owners on how to grow and monetize their online businesses. Oh, and did I mention he's a student as well? 
Like, get a load of this. So I'm totally impressed, Mark. This is so exciting to have you here. Mark, what does mindfulness mean to you and in your life? Uh, mindfulness to me is a way where like, like life moves very fast. So the way I view mindfulness is just hitting the pause button, being able to do a lot of reflecting, some things like where you are, where you need to go and things like that, but also like how you feel about yourself. Do you feel fulfilled? And asking yourself a lot of deep questions and just really taking that time to hit the pause button and look at uh, your progress so far and to uh, develop a sense of calm as well to uh, embrace the current moment. Well, you've certainly done that, you know, with your your podcast, your books, you've, you've certainly gotten the word out there. And, you know, listening to your podcast, I get the feeling that you're very focused on what's important for you. You really understand mindfulness. Now, I notice on your podcast, there's this very cool accordion music at the beginning. And so before we hit record, you mentioned, yeah, that's my grandfather playing that. So tell us about your grandfather and what it was like you know, interacting with him as a kid. I know he's passed now, but I'd love to hear, hear a little bit about your grandfather. Uh, like very kind, uh, always gave us a lot of love, always like was there for us. He played a lot of the accordion. Like that's just like a small sampling of like what he does. I mean, like he would just like come over, just like play accordion for like hours for us. And it was a lot of fun. So like, just like someone who was just like very nice, very giving with his time and, uh, good, uh, great role model. And you know what, Mark, I'm, I'm sure it had a great influence on the kind of man that you are today, you know, just having him in your life and that kindness and, and everything else. So moving on to what you do, your book is called uh, Content Marketing Secrets. When did you move into this whole area of being involved in the online world? And, and tell us about breaking into that and what it was like for you. So uh, I started just totally as a hobby. I wrote a blog about the Boston Red Sox because when you are a Red Sox fan in New York, it's uh, you don't find a community of Red Sox fans. You got to go like a whole few state, a uh, few like Connecticut and a few others, and then bam, you're in Boston. Uh, so um, like I didn't really have that community of Red Sox fans. So I created the blog. The blog was like I'm also like the only like diehard Red Sox fan in my family too. Yeah. So. Uh, the blog was a way to connect with other Red Sox fans. It worked to like, it wasn't a big, like massive blog getting hundreds of daily visitors or anything like that, but it was just something to, uh, allow me to have fun with it. And then, uh, it was MLB blogs that had it. So they moved over to WordPress. I realized I could write about anything now and I keep writing about different things. One of my blogs has hundreds of daily visitors. And I'm doing so much to promote it, trying to use Twitter, even though most of the traffic's coming from SEO. But then I think, why not just create a blog about this? Because I enjoy promoting it. I know what I'm doing. And I really want to help other business owners grow their uh, content brands. So that's when I went deeper into the blog about digital marketing productivity. And that's how, uh, like several years later of creating that type of content, I come out with my book, Content Marketing Secrets. And when did you write your first book? Yeah, I mean, if you go on Amazon, you'll see the date of that first book, but that is not the actual first book I wrote. Like there is one book I wrote that was not on Amazon. It was one of those like sales page type of books. Oh, yeah. Not, so um, yeah. 
I really like, I would say like one to two years before the first one I put it on Amazon. So like, I'm just guessing at this, like 2012, 2013. I don't remember the like first. Yeah, sure. So, so you just would put out a book and then you put out another one and then you think, Oh, I want to do another book and I want to do a book on this. And sounds like writing your books is almost like a hobby. Is that right? It's kind of been just something you enjoyed doing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really great way to describe it. I mean, my first book was 38 pages. My second book was 18 pages. So it's not like these are like really lengthy books or anything. And sure. like now I'm writing like 200 plus page books, but I really took it as a hobby. Uh, there are some that like I've written but never published uh, just because that whole hobby and uh, like my writing style has changed a lot since some of the uh, past books I've written. So uh, it's something that I've just come to enjoy and it's definitely like, I did start out as a hobby. I never really uh, went into it thinking it was like work that I had to do or else. And so, yeah, so some people keep thinking, I want to write a book, I want to write a book, and they don't take action, or they just can't figure out how to get started. And yet you're the opposite. You just kind of went step by step, bit by bit, just doing it, doing it, doing it. Have you always been a doing it kind of guy, even as a kid? Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I would definitely categorize myself as a doer. I mean, like I'm more of a action oriented guy. I'm more of like, let's like play a sport or let's do something that like, let's sit on the couch and watch TV. I'm not really one of those like passive individuals. So uh, I would definitely say it's been part of my nature, but at the same time, like you could have that nature, but applied in the wrong way. So uh, like from before I became an entrepreneur, it's like, instead of sitting back and watching TV, I'm playing video games a lot. So I would spend hours playing video games each day, which like they're fun, like if you have the right one, but uh, it's not something you should be doing that long. So uh, yes, I was more of a, uh, I want to do something, anything versus just like sitting and being passive, but you got to be able to put that into the right areas too. Well, I was noticing on your podcast, you have had some incredibly top level guests on there. How did you go about getting some of those guests onto your show? Uh, well, there are people who I knew like before I came out with the show, like, um, it's not like I started my career with a breakthrough success podcast. I've been promoting products as an affiliate. I've been building relationships before then. So I tapped into my existing relationships. I was able to get a lot of awesome people from that, but, uh, then it was just like a lot of reaching out and it helps when you can say like, I've had so-and-so on my show, but, uh, there have been like a few people who have just been able like, if they see you're putting in the work, some will come on your show, even if you haven't really started yet. Like I contacted like Neil Patel is one of the people who was a guest on the show. He was episode four. And uh, this was not at like, like, you know, first episode, you're not as polished as you are as you go later into it. So it's not like I could say I have this podcast getting this many downs. It's like, like my email to him was pretty much something like I, I, I'm literally just like coming out with this podcast. So even if you don't really have any relationships, you could definitely make it work. So you're just getting started. And uh, like, if you um, seem like a hustler, if you seem like you've got the work going for you, you'll get people on your show and like, feel free to ask anyone who you want. The worst you can get is a no. Like I've asked a lot of people who have said no and people who like um, are really incredible have said no. But if you ask enough people, you're going to get a bunch of yeses back. Yeah, I agree with that. And Neil Patel, what an amazing guy he is. I mean, isn't he impressive? Like, he's so he's inspiring so and he's so smart. 
I just recently listened to an interview uh, that he was on, and I thought, whoa, this guy is absolutely incredible. Well, you know, you have done so well with your podcast. You've got this book, Content Marketing Secrets. Is there a content marketing secret you can share with us right now? Oh, definitely. And I think like if I'm just going to share one, I'll share like one of the themes within the book because there are like so many tactics you can do, but there are just a few principles that all those tactics uh, branch out from. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the big secrets is that you need to spend at least 50-50 between content creation and content marketing. Ideally, especially in the beginning, spend even more time on the marketing side than on the creating side because uh, you can spend so much time creating content, but if you're not marketing it, you're just publishing and praying, hoping that you get people, then it's like you're the world's uh, greatest secret. So I look for more ways to market your content. Of course, there are a lot of tactics that uh, go into that. There are some people who believe don't write as much content in the beginning because you could spend more time marketing. There are other people who believe like get that library of content up. So uh, you focus more on like, um, reusing some of your old content so you don't have to do as much creation so obviously there are a lot of like uh, approaches to it but as long as you're spending at least at the minimum the same amount of time marketing as creating if not more marketing that is one of the biggest content marketing secrets wow that's a great great thing to share uh yeah you have to spend a lot of time on marketing that's for sure and how much of that time do you feel would be social media marketing that is a really good question. And um, it is based on an individual. I'll, I'll promise I'll go deeper into that. But um, for some people, like social media is their only way that they're getting traffic. I would say like throw a lot of your time, like 80% into social media if that's what's working for you. Now, one of the things that I have seen as a theme of some of like the top blogs, like Neil Patel, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of those blogs are thriving because of the search engines. Uh, they're optimizing for those. And also like for a podcast, like there's relationship building, there's connecting with the guests and inviting them to share. So I would say it depends on how deeply invested you are in different areas of marketing, but pick like the one or two that work the best for you. Focus on all those and gradually continue to add on. And you could even like hire an assistant to help you out because like having a team behind you makes a really big difference for marketing and anything else. For sure. I agree with that. So what's your favorite social media platform, Mark? Well, easily Twitter because Twitter's um, that's my biggest platform uh, by far. Um, it's just the ability, like there's so much engagement around the content there. Uh, like three others that I'll share that like I'm dabbling in are uh, Instagram, Pinterest, actually for medium and LinkedIn, like Facebook is a big one. Like I, that's something that I know is powerful, like groups I'm in, but uh, like I'm not in the advertising yet. It's something that my brother, Michael, he's like, he's really good at Facebook ads. He's trying to get me into it, but something that I haven't been able to do quite yet. So I shared a bunch of social networks that I'm into Twitter, however, is my favorite. Right. I see. So what's a tip you could give to someone who wants to get things moving with Twitter? So what you want to do is just focus on tweeting a lot of quality content in your niche and uh, continue to do that over time. So people know like, okay, the, you, the, you are the authority on this topic and then can uh, follow people who are following some of the top influencers in your space. So 
if you follow those people, they follow you back, they see your content and they're like, oh, wow, like this person is providing some really good content. Like on just to, to uh, like, since they're a little similar with like how for this part of the strategy, like LinkedIn, you connect with people, they connect with you back and they see that like you are like sharing value that they want that is based on some of the people that they're following based on their overall niche. So you repeat that several times on Twitter, uh, you're going to grow your audience. Now it's different from like, I know some people may think this is like follow for follow or something like that, but it's targeted following. You are following people who you know, based on this person they're following, they're going to be interested in what you have to offer. Right. I see. And have you, I know you've created funnels. What tools do you use to create funnels in? So the tools that I use are uh, optimized press for creating all the pages. So like landing page, thank you sales page and all that. I use convert kit for the email sequence and I use thrive cart. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I use thrive cart for the, uh, uh, order page and the uh, integration with the optimized uh, member. Right. I see. Now I've, I've heard some people talking online saying, Oh, you know, uh, funnels sometimes don't make that personal connection and we need to be moving more toward a place where there's more personal connection. What would you say to that? Um, I believe if you, I mean, it depends on the funnel. Like there are some funnels that they may not necessarily lead to that personal connection, but I like to include pictures of myself in the funnel and talk about where I am with that picture. Like there's one picture I use where um, I was running on a trail in the Utah mountains. I like briefly got lost there and I was able to like inch my way back. But uh, like, you know, like pictures are worth a thousand words. Every picture has a story. So incorporate pictures of yourself in your funnel, tell the story of what's happening. And that's how you build the personal touch. Like if they see you, that is the personal touch. And that is a lot more powerful than just a string of words. So um, I would just, I like, uh, it's a little bit different for each funnel. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, so many people are using story and that is what you can do to reach out and connect with people. Absolutely, for sure. So uh, I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I want to ask you this. I want to ask you um, if you in your life meditate, if that's part of your life. Uh, well, my brother is a big meditator. Me, I like to say like my running is my form of meditation, like a long distance run, like not too fast of a pace. Like there's a little bit of a meditative element to it where like you're running and like all of a sudden you realize you ran like a lot further uh, than you thought you actually ran. Like sometimes you like forget that you ran like a certain part. So uh, sometimes running is a form of it, but in terms of like the whole like sitting down and like closing eyes or anything like that, that's, more of my brother, brother's game. Yeah. Have you always been a runner since, since school, since you were younger? Oh no. I got cut from the high school soccer team. I became a runner. They're like, uh, they're, I'm definitely not, I'm nowhere near the only person with that story. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, Mark, I always ask a question about bullying and, uh, because it, it connects very closely to mindfulness. I'm wondering if you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference. I mean, I don't have like a very specific story that I remember. I just know like being a Red Sox fan, sometimes like Yankee fans can get like, uh, like not all of them, but there are some of them. So 
Um, I would say like in those situations where um, like if that happens, like mindfulness would be just like pausing, uh, like uh, you, you hit the pause button. Now it's harder when you have like an outside force trying to get your attention. But if you uh, get good at doing that with that outside force, you get a lot better over time and you just like tap into uh, your self-work. Like that's something I believe that we are not doing enough. Like uh, there are a lot of people like myself and I feel like it's a lot of us where we have this line of accomplishments and we only look at what we haven't done. So if like anyone's like trying to like shatter you or you just look back and to your accomplishments, to things that make you feel proud, things that make you uh, feel really good about yourself and you can bring those to light realize you have this impressive track record and then like words don't mean anything or if this is more of an internal battle you're able to use that to uh, propel yourself and uh, get to the summit well i know that you're studying finance at university and uh, finance is something that sometimes people require a lot of mindfulness to deal with that. What do you uh, enjoy about studying finance and being involved in that world of finance? Well, I mean, there's a lot of like correlations and charts and things like that, where if you like figure a bunch of things out, you, it's a little bit of skill, a little bit of luck. You're able to uh, generate a lot of, uh, you're able to make passive income. So I'm really attracted by the passive income uh, part of it. So uh, it's just a lot of um, analyzing. So like sometimes I'll spend like hours like reading like articles about like what's happening and like which company's like going to grow next. So uh, it's a lot of, um, yeah, there is definitely a bunch of mindfulness because it is a very mental game as is a lot of different things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you love running. What else do you do to reward yourself when you've uh, met with a win and you think, man, that was great. I worked really hard at that. What do you do? Um, I mean, sometimes like the win is the reward for me. So like when I'm doing work, like when I interview like so many awesome people for breakthrough success, like during summers, I interview like eight to 11 people on Mondays. Like that's what it is for uh, summer 2018. Uh, but it's just a joy to be able to hear about so many people's stories and get so much different advice. So, uh, sometimes I view the actual work as the reward, the actual journey, like writing the book feels so rewarding just to hit that publish button. Uh, things I do like just to take a break from work. Like, let's say I hit this really big milestone and I'm like tired, but like, uh, I need some time to refuel. Uh, that's where running comes in. I do a lot of reading also during that stretch. So it's like, uh, my working mind is off, but I'm still acquiring more knowledge. So a lot of it is um, knowledge acquisition and uh, fitness. So those are usually the two main ways because like you could take breaks. Like there are so many ways like watch TV, do other things. But I'm, I'm not a fan of taking a break that requires me to be passive. I'd rather be active in just some way, whether it's something as simple as flipping pages or something more complex like running a tempo. Do you ever read fiction? I don't really read that much fiction. I read more nonfiction because I want to fill my mind with like actionable stuff. But I mean, I've heard a lot of people lately, like on Breakthrough Success, they're saying like, you, like fiction like helps you with your business, like it, it expands your mind and things like that. So uh, I don't read fiction now, but it's something that I may dabble a little bit in later on. 
Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I'd like to ask you about a day in your life when you were eight years old. What what was that like? What were you like as a young kid before all of this work and all of the, you know, the podcasting, the writing, all this stuff? Tell us about you as a kid. Um, Like I always felt like I was going to do something special. I didn't really know what, but just knowing that I was going to do something special was in my mind. Of course, it could have just been like anything, but that whole thing of doing something special, I felt like that was going to be what I did. Um, I was an action taker. And when I say action taker, it was like, again, like I would do video games instead of sitting back and watching TV. So like, I'm not necessarily like action taking like content creation, but just like being active instead of passive. That was a big theme for me. There was a little soccer in there also. I did soccer until my freshman year of high school. Uh, But one of the big things is um, like for, like this is like for almost all the skills I developed. Usually I don't really, like some people, like they have a talent, they are at a high level already and they just get it higher. Like me, I I never really saw as like a ton of like, internal talent for most of the things I did. It was just a lot of effort that I put in. So I would be the person who was like, wasn't the best at whatever. And then like put in a lot of effort and gradually became like the top person in that area. So uh, I learned the uh, effort very early for uh, a lot of different things that I did. Well, that's obvious based on how many episodes you publish in your podcast and your book and so many things that you do. I mean, that's great. Mark, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? Uh, Parents and just like whole family, mom, father, brother, grandparents and everyone in it. Right. Yeah. That's awesome to have a supportive family and, you know, that sense of mindfulness all the time you're growing up. That's great. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Um, It keeps them in check. Sometimes your emotions can run a little wild based on current events. So it just puts it into check and like uh, makes you think about good times and stuff like that and puts a bunch of things into perspective. For sure. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Um, it's something that I do very unconsciously with running. I have to like, I have a specific way of breathing, like, um, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Um, like I, ideally for runners, you're apparently supposed to breathe in and out through your nose, but that's a little too hard for me, but that's a little bit about my breathing. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, to me, it seems natural to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. At least that's what makes sense to me. So if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? Um, the book I'd recommend, like this might be a little bit of a stretch, but it's based on like the time that, um, we use like, uh, the compound effect. So it's a lot of it is based on, um, the, like, it, you really get a value of your time. And if you want like something that is like more specifically mindfulness, I'd recommend thrive by Ariana Huffington. Ah, yeah. Very good. Absolutely. Well, uh, my last question is if you can share an app which helps with mindfulness in any way, and it could be any kind of app at all, you know, depending on on what you see as a help for mindfulness. 
Um, I don't really use any apps for mindfulness. I'd recommend maybe a music app that you like that plays the music that helps you meditate. Each person's different for their version of mindfulness, but that's the best thing I can recommend for an app because uh, I don't really like use apps or anything like that for mindfulness. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know that not only do you have your podcast, Breakthrough Success Podcast, you have your book, Content Marketing Secrets, but you also have a summit that goes on. Tell us a little bit about your summit, would you, Mark? Sure. So the Content Marketing Success Summit has over 50 speakers. Uh, it's an evergreen summit. We uh, The live um, virtual summit was... Uh, summertime 2017 so uh over 50 people there we're trying to build on it maybe even get like over 70 speakers it's something that like um i'm not focusing too much on the build i'm focusing more on the evergreen experience so you'll be able to get all those sessions um temporarily uh, if you want to get all the sessions there's the all access pass for that so just a lot of like really awesome people it's like 30 hours of content, like total, like a lot of bonuses thrown in as well. Oh, it sounds fantastic. It really does. So the summit, is it usually about four days or so? Um, like there are a lot of summits that go on for four days, but um, the content marketing success summit goes on for eight days because there's a lot of uh, content in there. Like you'll see a lot of summits like have 20 or 30 speakers, but with 57, I, I don't want to squeeze that into four right. days you're not going to get a lot out of it. Right. Well, that's awesome to get that many speakers, that much content in that period of time. And it's called the Content Marketing Success Summit. So that's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today for this interview on Mindfulness Mode. How can we learn more about what you do, Mark? How, how can we connect with you? Um, I, if you want to learn more about me, see some of my top content, you should head over to markguberta.com. That's Mark with a C, where you'll see my digital marketing and productivity uh, related articles and episodes from Breakthrough Success on pretty much all the social networks. I am at Mark Guberti, so uh, you can find me there as well. Those would be the uh, main focal points. So Mark Guberti, and it's M-A-R-C, your last name is G U. B-E-R-T-I. So check that out, markgerberti.com. And check Mark out on social media as well. Mark, thanks a million for being here today. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Mark. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or episode number into the search bar. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Hit subscribe and share. Subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Subscribe and share, share, share. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.